Welcome back here inside the studios, the Inside the Sebi Podcast Show America. And thank you, folks, for tuning in tonight. A very special episode. The college football top four has been revealed. We discussed this and more, the NBA and the NFL, but this time with a very special guest north of the border in Canada. This and much more, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, up next. Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Back at it again. He's in the DMV area. I know you're getting ready for the cold winter that is looming upon you, my brother. How are you today? I'm doing great, brother. It's been a long day, long day today in the gym. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing great today. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about you, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. We are doing well here as well. I know you're doing fantastic, Mr. Steven Strasburg, uh, re-signing with Woo-hoo. the Nationals. I mean gigantic is it the word what type of contract is that oh man seven year two four two forty five i believe oh man it's it's it's, it's special right? but it's, it's it's well deserved you know this well deserved well deserved That's... this is one of the best one of the best pitchers in the game and he proved it he proved it in this playoffs came up big for it so i'm, I'm yeah. good okay he definitely did that ensure 35 mil for the next seven seasons yep. in the dmv area for sure I know you're doing well. Christmas is upon us, Mike. I, I, I'm still still trying to <laughs> fish for my gifts there. I know it's going to be a very expensive uh, Christmas this time. I haven't started gifting yet. Yeah, it definitely is, man. It's already started shopping early. You never really can do you never really can do Christmas shopping too early because you know it's always it's always something that you <laughs> look for and things of that nature. And you always have so you don't never want to forget stuff. So it's it's, it's going to be a very busy Christmas. Yeah, that's the, indeed Christmas, December 25th. But for us here on the show, it's Christmas every week and every time that we tune in here on the broadcast booth. Mike, and we'll start off with the biggest news thus far this weekend. The top four of the college football playoffs had just been revealed. It's been announced, of course. LSU, all hail to the mighty Bayou Bengals. The Tigers are number one. No team, Mike this season beat more top 10 teams than LSU. They beat five of them. And of course, coming at number two is Ohio state after the impressive second half comeback against Wisconsin at number three is the reigning defending champion, the Clemson tigers. So we got two tigers in the top four and to top it off, off my pick, the pick that I thought it would, I it's crazy how I figured all this would happen. Figured that Georgia would lose. Figured that Utah would lose just for Lincoln Riley and that high-octane Oklahoma offense to get in, led by Jalen Hurts at number four. So, the matchup's been revealed. LSU and Oklahoma in one semifinal, and then the Buckeyes will meet the Clemson Tigers on another semifinal. Mike, 
I know this is going to be anticipated. This is the highest class of football. This is what we want. Oh, both these games. So with the, the committee got one through four right. Uh, all four of these teams are deserving of the top four. And the showdowns that we're about to see. I mean, Ohio State versus Clemson and Oklahoma versus LSU. Just the just the 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 big time players and the, the future NFL players that are going to be on those on both in both respective games is is is, is set up for classics and I, I cannot wait until these games start. Um, I know there's going to be a long preparation time and things of that sort, but you know, Sebi, Sebi, uh, doesn't it find it, doesn't it feel good to have somebody in the college playoffs outside of Alabama? Yeah, it it seems it seems a little odd, right? You know, yeah. Nick Saban has been dominating college football for nearly a decade now, dating back to 2008 with, uh, you know, with uh, Mark Ingram and those boys. And now it seems now the chain has been switched. Now the, the face of college football is Clemson. Doesn't that seem to you, Mike? Right now the face will have to be Clemson. They're, they're the defending champs. They won two out of three. Uh, they, they they get the top recruit, one of the, some of the top recruit, recruits every year now. So, Right now, they have to be the face, but it really, to be honest with you, it really depends on how uh, they they turn out in these playoffs because they they have they have teams motivated to gun for them because they 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 have they have teams and people out there that feel like you know because of their strength of schedule and because of who they beat and you know how lackluster they've looked that maybe they don't deserve to be in that conversation even though they're undefeated. But you know, there's going to be a lot of teams gunning for them. And they have a lot of a lot to prove. So. But right now, Clemson would have to be the the cream, the cream de la creme, just all the stuff they want. Now, now, before year. before we dissect these matchups, um, we, we they they did a study that you know if this was an eighteen college football uh, format rather than the normal four that we have right now, Alabama wouldn't even be in it. In fact, Alabama would, is not even bowl eligible bowl eligible for a New Year's Six bowl. So that's actually impressive to me. I think in the latest polls, they finished twelve, and so. Uh, teams like Oregon got in in New Year's Bowls. Memphis, the best non-power conference team, made it in. You got Penn State in, in um, as well that made it in. I think the committee is saying that, you know, the Big Ten was very impressive. They got three teams that's in the top ten. They all went to New Year's Six Bowls. So the, how, how do you feel about this? Alabama not even getting it to play in New Year's. Well, it, it, shows, you, it shows you a couple things. It shows you a combination of how the – Competition around college football has gotten better over the years, and also it tells you how Alabama's not just not the same dominant dynasty team that we've seen in the past. I mean, it happens sometimes. Savvy is one of those situations where they just didn't have that dominant year where they dominated everybody. They had to work, work, work for everything this year. So, uh, I, what I see is that um, other teams are, you know, were gunning to play Alabama. Other teams were gunning to to dethrone them and 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 have you know great seasons as well, and. Alabama was overwhelmed with injuries this year, and it caught up to them. And that they lost two big games that 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 they really needed to win, and the other teams, the other competition stepped up. So it's it's a lot of big time competition going on around college football right now, and uh, and it's showing right now in this season. Yeah, it is as well. It speaks to me that you know the college football is catching up to what Alabama's doing. That that's what it seems to basically me yep. as well. Yep. So uh, well. <laughs> That's further discussions for next year once the Crimson Tide look to seek some revenge as well. But let's focus on the top four here. So we'll start off with the first semifinal, December 28th. It is going to be the Chick-fil-A Bowl, I believe. That's going to be LSU at, um, not at, but against Oklahoma. It's, it's right where they won the SEC title game in Atlanta. It's going to be there, LSU. 
right? Not too far off. I believe their fan base will come. I, I believe the Tigers will come. They'll travel well, and they're going against Oklahoma. You want offense, Mike? You're going to get offense. I mean, first one of 50 might win this one. Uh, <laughs> you got Joe Burrow on one side. You've got Jalen Hurts on another. You've got the creative play caller in Lincoln Riley with them as well. But you've got Joe Brady playing, calling plays for Joe Burrow. So it's a chess match, you know, the play callers and then the quarterback. So if you want offense, you're going to get offense. So for early thoughts about this matchup. I'm excited for this matchup because right now LSU total uh, package looks like they should be the favorites in this team because of how great and elite Joe Burrow has been this year and what they've done offensively. And, you know, this defense can step up. But Sebi, Jalen Hurts is the type of quarterback that he can win a game for you by himself. Sebi, it kind of reminds me of the Alabama versus Clemson matchup in the championship a couple years, a few years back when Deshaun Watson won the championship. Alabama total team-wise was probably the better team. But Deshaun Watson was so elite at the quarterback position that he could win the game for you himself. And that's what I see with Jalen Hurts. I see him with the abilities and the mentality and the experience to be able to go 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 up against this LSU team and win this game possibly by himself. It's going to take a Herculean effort from him and the rest of his team. And this defense for the Sooners, uh, I have to give them praise because they've gotten a lot better this year than they have been in, previous, in recent memory. But I feel like for this game, it's going to come down to the quarterback. We know what we're going to get from Joe Burrow. We know what we're going to get from Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts, and it all comes down to which one uh, outdoes the one. It, it probably, like you said, Savvy, it's probably going to come down to who has the ball last because these two offenses and these two quarterbacks are lethal. Yeah, definitely. There a lot of narratives as well in this game. You want to talk about receiving core. LSU may have the best receiving core in the country. You've got uh, Jamar Chase, and, of course, you got Justin Jefferson. But on the other side, you've got maybe a top eight, top ten pick in C.D. Lamb for Mr. Jalen Hurts. So, there's a lot of things. I mean, this is going to be wide open. This is going to be fun to watch yep. in Atlanta for sure. Um, that That's going to be a dandy. I know LSU's favorite, but you're right, Mike. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he's been dating to his Alabama days. He's been in these big games before, so I think the spotlight will get too big and too bright for him. It should be a great duel in Atlanta in the first semifinal. The same day, Mike, at 8 Eastern, we ship west to Arizona. It's going to be the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Ryan Day, Justin Field, J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State coming in at number two. They'll host the defending champions in the Clemson Tigers. They're back with their great quarterback as well and, and those great receivers. You talk about T. Higgins and Justin Ross. They're <laughs> a mismatch miss for any secondary. So you've got that chess match. Ryan Day, first big, big stage in this college football and Urban Meyer's not there. It's Ryan Day now. So that's going to be interesting to go against Dabo Suni. Early thoughts on this one. This is an interesting matchup because it's a matchup of two teams that have heard all the noise about, well, we haven't played anybody. Like people have been saying the same thing about Clemson. Oh, their, their competition this year has been uh, subpar. And, and for the, for some to some degree, we said the same thing about Ohio State schedule as well. These are two uh, two undefeated teams, two teams with something to prove, with a chip on their shoulder, and this is for the right to get to the national championship. Sebi, this is set up to be a classic between two teams. Um, I, I'm very interested to see the the duel between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I want to see what J.K. Dobbins can do. I want obviously I want to see what Chase Young can do if he can get uh, immense pressure on Lawrence in this this running game in the backfield for these guys. But 
this 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 game is set up to be a classic, and it's one of those it's one of those things that man, it, it really could go down to the wire. I see I see a, a combination of great defense being played in this game, all with also high flying, high powered offense. It's, it's going to be one of those types. I don't see it being the shootout that LSU versus Oklahoma probably is going to be, but I do see it being a pretty high scoring game. But it's, it's going to be some pretty good defense being played in this game as well. Yeah, it's gonna. I'm I'm ready for this one, Mike. I, I think oh, man. this one it, the two teams. <laughs> that are very similar. You got great quarterback yep. play. You, you got Trevor Lawrence and you've got Justin Fields, although I would take Lawrence in that head-to-head matchup. And you got great backs. Travis Etienne, who's going to be a first-rounder, and also J.K. Dobbins. We'll see if he returns back to Ohio State for his senior year. And then um, the receiving core, I, I think that goes a, a tick ahead for Clemson. And obviously, coaching would go to Dabo, but – this is going to be a classic, Mike, because you got great two great offenses. I think it's going to come down to turnovers. Which defense can create the most turnovers? And that might be the telling story of who wins the game. You talk about weapons and athletes everywhere. There's no uh, – there's in both sides, we're talking about offense and defense. You know, there's going to be a lot of NFL prospects. I expect a lot of GMs to be in, in Arizona for this matchup. You've got the great Ohio State DBs. You got the front four with led by Mr. Chase Young, who can be the difference maker in a game like this. Yes. And then you got guys in, in that Clemson line, the front four guys that can go in the first round. So there's gonna be talent everywhere in this game. And I think maybe this might just be coming down to turnovers. Who can create and manufacture the most turnovers in this matchup might win this game. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, Chase Young because, you know, he he, he could be he, the biggest. He's a game changer, Mike. He might be oh, a man. Yeah. Oh, man, he, he's a big-time game changer, and he's he's one of those guys that were, that even if he's not making big-time plays, he's probably uh, going to force double and triple teams, which is going to free up one-on-ones for uh, for the rest of the D-line. So, either way, he's he's making an impact out there on the field. So, you, you're absolutely right. This game this game is very close. It's going to come down to, who, like you said, penalties and, and, and key moments. Who makes the plays and right, like you said, who 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 turns the ball over and who protects the ball? Yeah, definitely there for sure. This is gonna be a classic. I think this might be better than the <laughs> LSU and Oklahoma one, but you know, so football true. isn't uh, played in the mouth; it's played on the field for yep. sure. So before we wrap this up here, Mike, who will be in the college football final and who will be crowned the national champion this season? The the college football final will consist of LSU and Ohio State. And the crown of the champion this year will be LSU. Okay. So you're rolling with the Tigers. Well, for yeah. me, I'm going to roll with the other Tigers. I think Clemson gets Ohio State. I, I, Dabo Swinney is is, is a, one of the greatest coaches in the game, if not the best right now. Um, he will not let Chase Young create havoc and, and be a game changer in this game. I expect double team. I expect even triple teams. Yep. Um, I expect... Uh, Travis Etienne to manufacture something on the ground to allow play action for the guys like Ross and Higgins deep. I like Clemson to get to the finals and also LSU. So we've got an all-Tiger final. And I think, again, the history will rewrite itself. I think Clemson will remain unblemished. I think they will be the reigning defending champions yet again. Okay. I, I like that because you're right, Clemson, Clemson especially, Clemson is motivated. I'm not even mad at that pick because Clemson Clemson is motivated. They've heard all the noise. They've heard all the talks. Are coming into this game, they're going to be fired up. So I'm interested to see how they come out as well because 
of course, they're the defending champions, and so they're going to get the best shot. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Clemson uh, puts on the, on the field this year. Yes, it's going to be very interesting, and those were our picks there. Quickly, before we leave here, uh, Mike, we have a very, very special guest with us north of the border uh, that's going to be in our next segment here. The yep. finalist for the Heisman. You got to be a Heisman to be in the Heisman house, right? Well, the finalists have been out. It's going to be Chase Young of Ohio State and Justin Fields. The first time Ohio State has had two finalists make it in the top four as finalists in the Heisman. And then, of course, you have Joe Burrow and, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts as your top four. Who will be the Heisman this year? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is in the leading candidate. He's been leading Canada for the past few weeks, and uh, it's his to lose. He's been nothing but sensational uh, all season long. He's been consistent, and he had he just he just had another tremendous game in the uh, SEC championship. Oh my, game Mike! He, put on the show. he was he was on he put on a he made a match show, and it was like it was like night. It, um, it was amazing. It was amazing performance, and it's something we we've been used to seeing from Joe Burrow this year. He, this has to be his. I love what I've seen from Chase from Chase Young. He's been a, a disruptive force, and I also love what I've seen from Fields. But the, what Joe Burrow is doing right now is, is about as elite as it comes. Yes, absolutely. And I think when you're Heisman, everybody has that Heisman moment. And what he did on, I think it was a third down play uh, to, to that <laughs> the linebacker of Georgia. He made one guy miss and then the second guy miss and then rolling right, throwing across his body downfield to Justin Jefferson for 71 uh, yards. I think that was the Heisman moment. That's the moment where you're like, wow. The nation yep. saw it. I think the committee saw it. And, and said, you know what, this guy's special. Joe Burrow will also be my pick for the 2019 Heisman Trophy winner as the next guy to submit himself in that Heisman house <laughs> to play jokes there as well. But, folks, when we come back, we've got a very, very special guest with us. Jerome. That's right, Jerome from JBK Sports. Tunes in and join us on the panel of the SEBI Podcast Show live inside the broadcast of WNSC. to be, uh, have Jerome with us on the show. How are you today, my man? And I'm good. How are you, my man? We're doing well. We're doing well. A returning guest with us on JKB Sports here as well. I know you're getting ready for the cold winter out north of the border in there in Toronto. Oh, man, it's cold. Actually, today was, like, super cold. Like, the breeze was blowing. It's, like, it's getting, like, it's getting super cold now. Yeah, definitely there. We hope the best for you in the cold winter. Yeah, man, I, I, got, I got a warm jacket, so I'm holding it down. Holding it down there for sure. So sure. we start off with the NBA because that is your forte. Uh, we'll start off with the power, the power five that we have our power rankings this week. So the Bucks remain number one, 20 and three, best record in the NBA, tied with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. We've also got the Lakers coming at two. Nothing has changed. The Celtics. Moved from eight to three this week. They beat two top ten defenses, the Heat and also the Nuggets, and remain unbeaten at home at nine and zero. They're number three now, followed by the Clippers at four and the Mavs at five. Any 
concerns or any remarks about that? Um, I don't really like who who's number five again. We got the Mavericks. Led yeah, by Luka. I, I I don't agree. I think that it's a little bit early to be giving them number five. Um, I think they have a lot of potential, and their record, you know, is sixteen and seven. So you can't really base it off the record. Almost, I think the competition they've been playing is kind of weaker. Um, Przingis still hasn't been able to find his stride. He's complaining about not being able to find his shots in the offense, just inconsistent minutes, foul trouble. And obviously, he's had the year and a half off after the ACL injury. So um, I think it's a bit early to be giving them that. Um, Houston's 15-8. and eight, They're one loss less. But I don't know. I think that's more of a Luka thing that Dallas is number five in the power ranking because Luka's obviously playing as dominant as he is. I wouldn't mind seeing the Raptors up there. Despite the fact, you know, they've been having a lot of injuries. I wouldn't mind switching them for the five, but, you know, it's how it goes. Anything for you, Mike? Yeah, for, for, for this top five, I, I actually agree I actually agree with Jerome on this one. Uh, for Dallas, I, I would have switched Dallas with Miami. What I've seen Miami done for the for this season, especially this past week, has been has been amazing. Like, they, they went into Toronto, beat them at overtime. They, they held in and had a big-time overtime win. The other day, Tyler Hero was sensational in the overtime against Chicago. This team has been special. Jimmy Butler has fit in well with this organization. I would have put them at five this week, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too mad that Dallas is there because Dallas has been playing good this week. But at the same time, I'm good with the first four, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing Miami switch with Dallas. All right, so if you guys are really interested because you wanted Miami at five, well, let's reveal the top ten now. So the top ten has been revealed. You've got Philadelphia at six. They moved up a spot from last week's poll. You've got number seven, the Houston Rockets, where Jerome thought the Rockets should be in the top five. They go from uh, to, to seven. You've got Miami at eight, and then the Raptors falling at nine and the Denver Nuggets at ten. Yikes. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Raptors are kind of low. And I haven't been big on the Raptors in the past couple of years just because you know, uh, I was a Golden State fan, which I still am. I still believe, you know, Dove Nation. But to see the Raptors getting, they've, they've missed Lowry for a month. Ibaka was out for about three weeks. They've had to, you know, really kind of juggle their lineup. They've had uh, Chris Boucher, which is the guy from the Raptors 905, the G League team come up. We've had a lot of contribution from a lot of different spots. And Nick Nurse is obviously, again, like proving that he's a great coach and it wasn't just all Kawhi. So, I think that you have to kind of give the Raptors a little more respect. And, you know, they started the defending chance, you know? So, your thoughts on that, Mike? I feel like that at number nine. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm good with this 6-10. to 10. When, when I look at the teams, I'm looking, I'm looking at teams like Miami, Toronto, uh, Denver, Houston, and Philly. Philly, Philly has, has shaken back this week, and they've had, they've had a very good week because they, they did not start the season off very well. This week, they played very well. We, Houston... I like what I saw from Houston. James Harden, of course, you know, we, we, we all know the type of show that he's been putting on in this season. So I'm I'm good with Houston being there. And Denver has been on an East Coast road trip, and they played pretty well on this road trip. You know, it, it's, it's been tough for them, but the, the, they, they pretty much dominated. I agree with Jerome on Toronto. So Toronto is a, Toronto is a team with special elite depth, and I, I really do I – re, I really enjoy watching them play because – they have that championship kind of confidence right now. They and you could you could just tell it's oozing from everybody. Siakam is playing like a real uh all perennial all-star. And 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 
So Toronto is nothing to be sleeping at. Miami, of course, is in there. Miami has been playing great basketball and it surprised me and I'm sure a lot of people as well. So I'm I'm good with this six to ten. Yeah, definitely. Miami has definitely put themselves to me. They are really good. One of the three teams in the NBA who's own unbeaten at home, that's Philadelphia, Miami, and the Celtics. Who would have thought all three Eastern Conference teams would be unbeaten as well? Let's talk about some teams outside the top ten that's really been moving up. The Nets. All of a sudden, Kyrie's been gone. And all the Nets have done their last 11 games is but go 9-2. and two. And I'm going to pitch this to you, Jerome. The narrative from why Kyrie left Boston is starting over again. When he's on the floor, he's a cancer. Off the court, he's a cancer. And the ball movement, all of a sudden, when Kenny Atkins throws in guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Teron Prince, all of a sudden, that ball movement that we saw from the Nets last year starting flowing. But when Kyrie's on the floor... You don't see much of that. So the the Nets, they're nine and two. They back up to that seven seed in the Eastern Conference. Where are you looking up there? No, nah, I, I like I like Brooklyn. Brooklyn's always been a team that's played hard. Like Kenny Atkinson, he's a great coach. Um, Reese still rather new, but you know he's really established himself as like a hard worker, and his team, you know, plays like that. The fact that Kyrie is out and they're trying to, like you said, move the ball, play a lot more team basketball. We all know that Kyrie. We're not going to put him on mellow level of ball stopper, but we kind of know when the ball's in Kyrie's hand, we kind of know what's going to happen. Like, you know, he has an amazing top, arguably top three handle in the history of the game. So he's always going to have that one, that one-on-one advantage. But I think that when he's on the court, he uses that too much where you saw, you know, Karis LeVert had a career year last year and he kind of took a little bit of a back step because obviously playing with a person like that is going to be, you know, a lot to integrate. But now that he's out, it's just like last year where everybody's getting touches. You never know who can score on any given possession. So that always, you know, gives a team an advantage where you don't know where the offense is coming from. And for you, Mike. When I look when I look at this whole situation, I'm, I'm saying is that um, Calvary is in a situation where, yes, it's the same situation as Boston. But uh, I, I think he, I think he's getting an unfair rep in this, in this point. And I'm going to tell you why. Because... <laughs> well, first of all, America got to know you're the biggest Kyrie fan, of course. Yeah, I'm one. Okay, okay, there's a whole there's a whole state that can say something. Yeah, 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 for sure, for, for sure, for sure. But I, I, I'm definitely one of them. When I, when I look at this situation, I see Kyrie has been sitting out for about mm, 13, 14 games so far. When 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 Kyrie was balling and doing his thing, and the, and the, and the Brooklyn Nets were. I believe a subpar 500 team. They were still getting. They were still getting to know each other. They were still getting the feels for each other. They didn't have Iman Shumpert. They weren't playing the defense that they're playing right now. So I feel like the chemistry that they have with this team, the uh, the the egoless basketball that this team plays with. I feel like once Kyrie comes back, he'll fall right in. I don't think this is. I think this is the same type of scenario in Boston, but I think it's a different situation because I think we're dealing with uh, a different type of players, a different. Uh, level of players, and I feel like Kyrie will fit right in with this bunch because Brooklyn just operates on a different uh, tilt than, than most teams, and, and the, their structure and their culture is different over there. So I think Kyrie, once he comes in, he'll fall right in. And this all this all this team is doing is showing you how lethal that they can be. Watch when 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 Kyrie and Kevin Durant come back together. So uh, I, think, I, think, I think Kyrie will be fine. Right now he's just making sure that he's 100% healthy to be for the long stretch of the season. All right. Yeah, one thing I'll say, said before you get into it, 
I, I feel like that's the deciding factor. Like for me as a fan, like I, I like Brooklyn, I like the team, I like mm-hmm. the makeup. But I'm not really taking that team seriously until we see a healthy oh, KD or or what KD comes back at. Of course. Of yeah, course. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. That that's when I think they'll have all the expectations on them and being obviously a championship contender, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, other teams like the Portland Trailblazers, you know, they only lost one game last week. That was being to the Los Angeles Lakers. But since they've gotten Carmelo Anthony, this team has gone eight and three. And uh, da- uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, with all the attention given to them, Carmelo Anthony has gotten a chance to make teams pick. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's good to see because I was like. What's up with Melo? I, obviously, we all know he has the talent to be in the league. As we can clearly see, he's still able to get a bucket. So it wasn't never like that. But I was kind of like, how is he going to come in and, and be around the team? You know, off the court is where Melo lacks. Not, I don't think it was really ever on the court. Obviously, his game didn't really progress to an all-around game. But offensively, you can't you can't deny Melo. But it was around the team, you know, the things that you don't really hear about or you don't physically see. You know, those behind-the-scenes things. That's all I was waiting to see, but he seems to be fitting him in Portland. Portland was looking at him to try to acquire him for a couple of years now. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see the way it happened. So, um, Dame is obviously letting Melo get acclimated, let him get his offense going. CJ is at times deferring to Melo. So, right now, that would be a good system. We'll see if they make a trade because now we hear the rumors about Kevin Love. So, we'll see what that trade package is like if that happens. But, you know, they're doing a good job of getting Melo involved. And that's, I think, the key is make sure that he's always involved. Yeah, definitely. There, Kevin Love playing his bond UCLA. He's from Portland. He is a Portland guy. So we'll see if he heads back home to the uh, Blazers out there as well. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, when I, when I look at Melo coming back, I'm, 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 a, I'm just amazed. And I'm just glad he got an opportunity. And I'm glad he's in a situation like Portland. Wanted him. I, I, I thought a couple of years ago when he made his decision about leaving, that Portland was the spot he should have went to at first because that was just the perfect fit. You you were what they were missing. So I, it's, to see him in Portland now is absolutely amazing. But uh, I think he's going to mesh well with this team. I think he's exactly what they need right now. They need that third scorer, that third guy to take some pressure off of Dame and CJ. And I, this team is going to turn it around and make the playoffs. And once they get in the tournament, uh, it's, it's going to be scary because they, they have three bona fide guys that, that can get a bucket in. Three closes on this team as well. Does Kevin Love make sense for this roster? I think so. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, 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 I think he does because Kevin Love brings you brings you solid defense and the paint rebounds, and he and he's a knockdown shooter. So he he makes he makes perfect sense for this team. And people got to remember the one of the one of the biggest things that the Portland is lacking right now is size, and their big center Nurkic is out right now. When he comes back and gets ready, he's gonna. Be able to spell for a lot of the, a lot of them defensively uh, inside the paint with the, the, a lot of the issues that they're having right now because Hassan Whiteside can't do it by himself. He's down there as one big man, and him him and Nurkic as a combo would be deadly for this team with all the shooting and the way they can score the basketball. So the, the, this team is, is 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 in the process of, of becoming the 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 full potential of, of what we we thought they could be. Portland, but one thing one thing I'll say real quick is that. Don't forget, Portland has uh, Zach Collins. And Zach Collins, before he left, was showing that he could 
you know, he's willing to protect the rim. He can also step out and shoot the three. So Portland isn't 100% healthy either at the big. Right. That's just the weakest role. But Zach Collins is another person that I think that people have kind of forgotten just because of his injury. But he was showing a lot of promise before he was out with uh, the show. Yeah, I would agree as well. And I, I think they're missing Myers Leonard. He's doing great things in Miami right now. I think they, yep. they miss Myers yeah. Leonard, especially what we saw them do all the way to their conference finals run last year. But Portland's finest, we'll see if that trade really happens as well. Other NBA news, uh, guys, Anthony Davis, I've lamented how great this guy is. I thought one day he would be probably one of the best players in the game. He probably already is. Um, outside, obviously, Kevin Durant hurt and Kawhi not being the stardom player that he is right now. Anthony Davis right now is in unfamiliar ground. He's in contention to win the MVP and also defensive player of the year. That hasn't been done by <laughs> probably somebody we both know. <laughs> Mr. Michael Jeffrey Jordan in 1988. So, Anthony Davis, he scored 50 this week, and he's in contention to win MVP and defensive player year. What are you guys seeing from him? What I'm, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm seeing is Anthony Davis being Anthony Davis. He's just doing it. Like, this is something we've always seen Anthony Davis do. He's just never played with another superstar like LeBron James or anybody. But Anthony Davis is a special talent, and right now he's, you know, going into the prime of his career where. It's just unstoppable. He can do anything on the basketball court on both sides of the ball. He's a complete basketball player, one of the top five players in this game. And uh, he's in contention to do it. I don't think he will. I think it's a long season because I think it's, it's, it's so – I think it's going to be hard for him to win both because it's, it's, he might run into some injuries throughout the season because it's a long season and he's been prone to do that throughout his career. So I think it's going to be a little tough for him to, for him to get that. But – He'll definitely be in contention if he can stay healthy, for sure. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree with most of that. Um, I think LeBron will do what he can to make sure that AD feels is good because you got to remember, his contract is up after this year. He's not re-signed to a long-term deal. So you don't want nothing to happen where AD decides to, oh, okay, let me maybe slip out of here where if you don't win the championship, he's like, am I LeBron's getting another year older. Do we have it in us? Is this team really a contending team or do I want to do my own thing? So I think you're still going to see LeBron do what he can to make sure that AD is the leading scorer and AD has a chance to win all the NBA and defense player of the year and MVP. So I, I do think LeBron will, will make sure he does what he can. So I don't doubt that AD, and he's talented. He's top, um, one of the top offensive players in the league, one of the top defensive players in the league. So there's no reason why he can't. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Anthony Davis right now, 28.9 a game, 10 rebounds a game, and 2.7 blocks. So definitely in contention for both things. But I want to bring this to you, Jerome. You're, you said there's a scenario there. If AD and LeBron don't fulfill the prophecy and they don't win the title this year, there may be a scenario that he leaves Los Angeles. Yeah, honestly, you never know. I think a lot of people are so um, infatuated with the fact that they look so good together. They, they may be thinking that, oh, this is like a forever thing when – in the back of their minds, I know they have to be thinking like, okay, let's make sure we do what we're supposed to do and lock this up because you trade Lonzo and Lonzo has been able to be 100% healthy for the Pelicans. But I think that when he's played, he's displayed that he can be a serviceable NBA player. Um, I give him a little more credit than that. But as a, like, you know, as a regular fan, I'll say like, you know, he looks like a serviceable part. Ingram took leaps and bounds in his game he's averaging about 23 24 game and looks like a completely new player um josh Hart has always been that kind of glue guy who can come in and play some defense grab boards spread the floor do all the little things so that package plus the obviously the pick 
you know, you don't want that to look bad when AD, oh, maybe we don't win a championship. Maybe I, I should go. So you want to make sure that you reap the rewards that you're supposed to be getting because that's going to look real bad and just back to square one. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Yeah, we yeah. When I look when I when I look at when I look at AD, it's it's it's, it's tough. I, I I I agree I agree with what he was saying because it's it's tough. He it's, he's so special that when it, when it comes to this, when this this award, like you said, nobody's done it in what over thirty years. It, it, it's it's amazing. So I, I I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I then differ here. I don't see any scenario that he leaves. Obviously, Rich Paul wanted him to be in LA. LA was one of his destination desired destinations to be. So even if the Lakers don't win it this year, and oh maybe the 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 Clippers do, or maybe the Bucks, you, they've I'll been. You, great. I, I think I'll he stays. I tell you what, Sebi. If if they get to the finals, and they come up short and it's close, I think I see a scenario of him staying. Okay. Because I think competitively he's going to want to come back and do it again, okay. and he's going to want to continue to do it again with LeBron. But if, if anything short of that. I, th- I think he's gone. I I I do think I was gonna jump here real quick. I do think that the the championship will be in the West. Oh, I think yeah. if the Clippers come out, the Clippers are gonna win. If the Lakers come out, I don't see a situation where LeBron's in the finals against Giannis or Siakam or um, Tatum and Kemba because I think it, it'll be either Philly, Boston, or the Raptors that come out the East. Um, there's a couple of teams that maybe might ha- show a little fight, but I think it's gonna be one of those. And I don't, I don't see a situation, a situation where LeBron looks across and sees Siakam and doesn't think that this is my title. Or if he looks across and sees a younger Giannis, but we all know Giannis is a special talent, generational talent. But I don't think you see a situation where LeBron looks at him and is like, "Oh, because that that would be bad on his mm-hmm. part." Because his biggest thing was, uh, "I can't be Golden State." You know, Golden State is the dynasty. Um, they got pretty much demoralized by Golden State. And that's the story of LeBron. He never had pieces. So now if you get to the finals and you lose to a lesser team than what Golden State was, it's kind of like, ooh, okay, so maybe it's just point. Golden State. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point because right now with LeBron James, it's all about legacy. You know, he's, he's done he's, every, he's done everything that you can think of to submit himself. Right now, it's, it's all about legacy and what you're leaving on as he winds down his career uh, for the NBA there for sure. Uh, last thing before we leave here, we got the Bucks at twenty and three. We got the Lakers at twenty and three. Uh, to you guys, who's been the best team thus far through twenty three games? Um, I I'll probably say the Bucks mm-hmm. just because I think um I haven't watched all of the games, but for the most part, Giannis is seems to be kind of like head has a head up on the MVP race. Uh, Milwaukee's kind of more they they've missed Middleton. Middleton was out for a few weeks with the quad injury. And the fact that they still have a twenty-one and three record or twenty-three record is that goes to show that the team can step up. Um, I don't think the same would be the same for the Lakers at the moment, um, and they're still getting to know each other. Yes, they look good, but they're still getting to know each other. So I think just the way the Bucks have been playing and dominating and have a higher winning margin, I'll, I'll give it to the Bucks. Yeah, I, I agree. I would give it to the Bucks as well because they were they're on this fifteen-game winning streak right now. Giannis is just dominating the NBA. He's doing whatever he wants to do. It's 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 he's it's a show. So I would go with Milwaukee as well. The Lakers are looking very good, but but I definitely would go with Milwaukee with the with just just because of the 15 game winning streak that they're on right now. Yeah. Now, actually, you know the metrics say the Bucks are because here's the thing. You, can, you and and you guys are right. So the Milwaukee number one in the NBA in pace, number two yeah. in offensive rating, number one in defensive rating, 
number one in net rating. So the metrics say <laughs> the Bucks, and I, whereas with the yep. Lakers, they're 16 in pace, four in offense, uh, fifth in defense, and second in net rating. But I'm going to go with the Lakers here. I think the eye test just tells me LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor. You got two of the top five players in the game and the in the universe on the same squad. And and I think that, you know, if, if they were to play head to head in a regular season or even in a in a postseason, I, I, I would, you know, obviously take the Lakers here. Um and I just think their supporting cast is a little bit better. So uh, I'm gonna dif- differentiate and say I like LA in this part. Oh yeah. I I definitely I, I definitely see what you're saying. I, I I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Milwaukee just because that Giannis effect. What Giannis is doing, yeah, Giannis is on pace to shatter everything. And the fact that his game has developed, he he's out, he's playing from outside the paint more. He's, his three point shot is continuing to get better year after year after year. And and like you said, I, I thought I thought Milwaukee was gonna miss Malcolm Brogdon tremendously uh, this year, and it seems like it's that's been not hasn't been the case. So I'm I'm gonna go with Milwaukee. Yeah, well, no, it, in the finals, in the finals, I would take Lakers. But regular season, I'll take Milwaukee. Well, you heard it for us, folks, here. That was our NBA segment here tonight on the SEBI Podcast Radio Show. But, folks, do not go anywhere because when we come back, Jerome, the voice of JKB Sports, stays with us as we shift gears to the NFL. All Jerome knows is the Canadian Football League, right? <laughs> Don't sleep on me, Ravens flock, Ravens nation, baby. Well, when no we disrespect. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about his Raven flock and much, much more. What we saw in Week 14 in the NFL, and look ahead to Week 15 in our pickums. All this inside the studios at WNSC. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to SEBI Podcast Crew for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so... Reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs, and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. Back here for our NFL segment with, of course, JKB Sports with us as the panel today as our guest on the hotline, and we'll start off with what we saw, Mike. We want to start off with you because this was a big game because San Francisco could have went from the fifth seed to the one seed, and they got the job done. But it had to come down, of course. It just had to come down on a fourth and two play, and we knew where Jimmy Garoppolo was going to go with the ball. Williams grabbing Kittle's mask and he refuses to go down. 
What a win for the 49ers. What a win for John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. Might have been the game of the year, Mike. Oh, man. Might have been. Right. It might have been the game of the year. Sebby, with all the hype of, uh, you know, uh, all the hype in the preview of this game, we're talking about the defenses and how this could this could be a defensive battle. Man, these offenses came out and put on the show. It was one of those games where you knew uh, with the high scoring it was in the second quarter. Oh, man. It was it was one of those games where, yeah, you had the first 10 to 50 probably win this game. Uh, this this was a great football game. I take yeah. nothing away from San Francisco. San Francisco uh, played a, a great football game, but I, Sebi, I think I think Sean Payton may have uh, messed this one up a bit. I think he may have overcoached a small situation that could cost them in the end. In the first quarter, they were up thirteen to seven, and instead of kicking the extra point, they go for two, and which forced and they missed it, which forced them to go for two at the end of the game when they had the lead. Now. If San Francisco goes down the field and kicks a field goal, it might go to overtime. You never know what could have been the outcome of the game. I'm not taking anything from San Francisco. From San Francisco, that was a great football game. They earned it. They went in there, and Jimmy Garoppolo played a great football game and earned it. He deserves this win, and, he, and they deserved. And you could tell how desperate they were, like you said, because they wanted that number one seed. But I think Sean Payton may have overcoached a small situation in the first quarter that cost them in the end. And, and you're right, Mike. You know you don't see this often. Sean Payton getting out coached. At his own building, yeah. you know, in in the Superdome against Kyle Shanahan, I think he's one of the more promising coaches heading in the NFL. But, um, you know, Jerome, I'm pass this to you. When it was 28-7 New Orleans, the 49ers could have folded, but Jimmy G put the Niners on his back. Yeah, man, and honestly, um, the fact that he was under Brady, I think you're seeing the kind of like maturity, the type of leadership that a quarterback should have, because that was like a Brady. S comeback, you know, like even for me, like I was flipping between the Ravens game and that game because I'm like, these are two good games I can't miss. And just seeing that the poise that he had, the way that team uh, rallied around him, never kind of really gave up. They're missing pieces on uh, on defense, so you know, the Saints have a good defense. You're kind of for me, I was like, okay, let me see how good the Saints can really be and how good the Fortnite's can really be. And they beat themselves up, but yeah, the way San Fran came back, um. Valiant effort. Saints had a chance to win it. I thought it was over when the Saints scored, but you know, Jimmy G comes through clutch. Yeah, and I'm gonna say this. I, I think the additions of Emmanuel Sanders might have been the, the addition of the season, much like what Amari Cooper was for Dallas last year, and then all everything changed for the Dallas offense. Well, it, Emmanuel Sanders might be the guy, and then Debo Samuel starting to come in his own, and then we just knew. I think George Kittle is probably the best tight end in the game right now. Yeah. So, uh, it's, let me ask you guys this. The 49ers, if we're looking at the NFC, are they the best team in the NFC? Well, they're, they definitely playing like it right now. They, they definitely are playing like the best team in the NFC right now. And especially if they get home field, if they secure that number one seat and the road to the Super Bowl goes through San Francisco, oh, yeah. They, 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 every every Sunday that they step on the field, they will be the best team because at home in San Francisco, they they play tremendous and that defensive line gets after it. So right right now, yes, I'm gonna say they are the best. Jerome, do you think with after this win, the Niners are the best in the NFC? Um, yeah, honestly, um, you have to give it to them. The fact that they they're kind of like their running game hasn't slowed down. I think you're seeing 
Uh, obviously, Kyle Shanahan in um, in Washington, I believe he was, and he looked good. Was he in Washington or Atlanta? He was in Atlanta. 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 Yep. And he had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman looking good. Tevin Coleman goes to San Francisco, gets hurt. Um, you saw um, a lot of the running backs go hurt. And now you're seeing whoever, whatever running back, if you have eyes and some legs, it looks like you can be a successful running back in, in that offense because the way Kyle Shannon has him looking is, you know. Yeah, he is. You can't, He's a – And things yeah, – and both sides of the ball, they're injured. So it's kind of like if they – you got to think if, if they were 100% healthy still, like maybe like my Ravens are or like some of these other teams, kind of like, okay, now how much better are they than everybody mm. else? I think that's something that could be secretly had about the Niners. Yeah, definitely there. And Kyle Shanahan, I'll tell you this, he's a great play caller. Some of the plays – uh, that this guy was throwing in the course of that game. I mean, from the trick plays to the the touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders to Mozart, uh, the the running back. I mean, this guy is creative. He has a bag of tricks in his play calling. Yeah, yeah. NFL defensive coordinators have not found a way to figure this guy out. He's been in the league for a while now, and he's been he's been doing this for a long time. And uh, it's it's just it's, it's special to watch because it's just he's been able to do so much with 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 with, with so less and. He, he's so creative in what, he, in what he brings to the table. And you're right, he's a, he's a great football coach and a great offensive mind. Yeah, we can say Kyle Shanahan will be here for quite a while in San Francisco. John Lynch picked the right man to coach the Niner gang. So from then we go to Jerome's Raven flock. Well, it was a great game. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it was a great game, of course. The Lamar Jackson show probably took a step back only holding them to 36 yards rushing. And but he did have three TDs through the air, uh, two of them to their tight end. But the Buffalo Bills made the game tight because of that great defense. But it came down to a fourth and eight. They put the ball on Josh Allen's hands, and uh, we know what happened, of course, when Marcus Peters guards you. Your thoughts on that? Now the Ravens, they probably now have breathing room with New England losing to the Chiefs. Are they the best team in the AFC? You're damn Go ahead, right. Jerome. That's your thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Jerome. Uh, yeah, we're the best team in the AFC. Come on now. We lost We lost a pretty bad game to the Browns that you, you, you we look back at it now and it's kind of like, oh, my God. And then we lost to the Chiefs and we look back and sound like that was a very winnable game too. I think that you know, like you said about Sean Payton, where he kind of overcoached. Um, I think that in, early in the game against KC, we were overcoaching, going for two on the first uh, on the first touchdown drive, and we kind of lost some momentum at the end. But both those games that we lost, you can argue that we should be undefeated. If we were playing at this pace early in the season, I we would have been undefeated because we all see what the Browns are. <laughs> and KC is still, you know, up and down. Mahomes is hurt now, but you know, that's an offense-led team. And the way our secondary looks now now that we have Marcus Peters. And uh, the funny thing about Marcus Peters, now that you played that clip, was a lot of people were giving me slack when because I was so happy when we got Marcus Peters. He's the all-pro corner from the Chiefs, went to the Rams. And I don't know why they didn't use him in, in press coverage or man-to-man coverage and the bump and run. They had him playing a zone. And he's more of a contact type. I want to, like, feel you on me type corner. So I think that playing for the Ravens, now you're seeing him pick sixes in consecutive games, and he's looking like he's having an all-pro season, you can argue. So, you know, I think the addition of our, our healthy defense, our, our pass rush is starting to get to the passer now. 
Our running game is obviously as dominated as it is. Lamar is making the easy throw, the right throw, and his legs is obviously a thousand yards rushing on the season. So, you know, we still have so much room to prove, and that's the crazy part. But we're we're the best team. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, there's Raven right right now the Baltimore Ravens and they're playing like the best team in football. And the, they've been looking like this for a long time. I actually picked the Bills to win this game, uh, uh, because just because I thought. Yeah, that I think were, we both did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. We did I, 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 because I just I just felt like they they would do a good job of containing Lamar Jackson in this game, which they which, did, which, which they did. But what I, what I failed to take into consideration is that how good this Ravens defense has been in this run. Like you said, Marcus Peters has been an amazing addition. The fact that you know it just didn't work out in L.A. You know he's an aggressive corner. He he likes to he likes to take chances and, and and get pick sixes, but he also gets beat a lot. So playing with a guy like Earl Thomas helps out. So he's able to spell for those times that 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 that, that he he might get too aggressive. So my Marcus Peters coming back. Uh, Marlon Humphrey has been playing sens- sensational. Uh, Josh Bynes. It's it's so it's so many different players on this on this defense, and they 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 came together and they played a great game against Buffalo. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, Baltimore. Is, is the best team in the AFC right now. I think with Earl Thomas and that free safety, he could play center field. You get that Ed Reed sense. Obviously, he's probably not great as Ed Reed's, but they've got the same ball hawking skills. They can they don't miss tackles. They're like a vacuum. They're sure, they're sure-handed. I, I think you just have that luxury. You can play man-to-man in that type of scheme because you know Earl Thomas is the last man. Uh, he's kind of like your soldier. He's the last man. <laughs> on your line and, yeah. and nothing gets deep and nothing gets behind them. And so you've seen guys like Humphreys and, and Marcus Peters taking chances and thrive in that type of defense. And Marty Morton, uh, Marty will, he's a very aggressive defensive coordinator. I mean, he, he, it wasn't, it, it wasn't an illusion. He lined up a gap and said, Josh Allen, we're coming after you. We're daring you to throw. We're going to stop the run. Uh, but I, I want to bring this to you guys. What does this say about the Ravens with Lamar Jackson having a rather pedestrian game and not lighting up the, the scoreboard? What does this mean to you that the Ravens can win in different ways? Um, it's just our defense is elite. Like you said, like um, now we're starting to see like Jimmy Smith was injured early in the season too. Yep. He came back. So I think the pairing of him and Marcus Peters is two top corners. Obviously, you mentioned Earl Thomas. Not as good as Ed Reed. Ed Reed is, I think, to me, the greatest he's ever played. You can debate me. But, you know, Earl Thomas is definitely up there. And, yeah, like you said, he covers for a lot of the mistakes that they may, they may make. Last year, we had Eric Weddle, who was a great safety for sure. But he didn't have the athleticism as Earl Thomas. So, you're seeing a whole different dimension in the backfield, uh, defensive backfield. And now you're seeing, you know, Matthew Judon come out. And last year, we had Darius Smith. He left to go to the Packers. And the Packers defense is yep. good. So Matthew Judon had the chance to really step up and be the lead pass rusher. And last uh, against the Bills, he had a uh, strip sack fumble. So, you know, those are the little things that we're starting to improve. And like I said, like, we're only going to get better. And when Lamar's not having – because teams are going to start playing. You know, it's a copycat league. They're going to see what the Bills <laughs> did. They're trying to limit Lamar to those things. And always keep a spy, maybe keep a safety in the box to spy because keeping a linebacker to spy isn't working. So you never know, might take a person out of coverage, have a blitz, a little more speed on the blitz. Um, so, our, you know, there's going to be times where we're going to have to be led by our defense. And the fact that we can do that against a number three ranked defense in the league, uh, you know, we look pretty good. Like you said, it's just a, it's just a total balanced team. This, this looks like the best team in football, and they've been like that for a long time. 
Uh, it's, it, this this nine game winning streak has has been no joke. It's been dominant, and this offensive line is one of the best in football. They they they've definitely been playing like it, and uh, the combination of the running game with Ingram and Jackson and this defense, right? Even if Lamar Jackson's not having a great game, you still have this elite running game, one of the best running, the best running game in, in the NFL. So there's so many different layers and ways that they can win a football game that that around Lamar Jackson that he doesn't have to always be on his best game because he has his soldiers there to, to pick him up for him. Yeah, definitely here. Quickly, before we go to the Chiefs and Patriots here, uh, what does this mean for Buffalo? What What did you guys see? Where do Buffalo go from here? I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, the Patriots don't look the best. Um, will they win the division? I don't know. Um, I got to check the strength of schedule. I know that the Patriots have a little – I don't know the Bills' schedule off by heart, but I know the Patriots have a couple more tough opponents to play. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I think the Bills are in good shape, and at least even for maybe not this year, but they're 9-3, and three, so they'll still make noise. I still think they have an elite defense. Josh Allen is still on the up and up. So, you know, I, I think it's still positive vibes for, for Bills. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think the Bills will be fine too. I think they did squander an opportunity to really put a uh... – put some pressure on New England for the division because you know, they still have a matchup with New England coming up. And, you know, they, 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 if they'd have won this game, they, they could have easily tied and had the same record since uh, since the Patriots lost to the Chiefs. So they, they squandered a quick opportunity to do that. But outside of that, the Bills will be fine. They'll still make the playoffs. They'll still, uh, they still have a chance to make some noise. And I, I trust – I would take this defense on the road against anybody. Yeah, they do say in postseason defense does travel for sure. And speaking of the Patriots – this was a game where obviously they knew that they were undermanned by, I mean, a plethora of injuries, offensive, defense, even special teams. Matthew Slater didn't even play in this game. And Patrick Mahomes was coming in town with Andy Reid, that octane offense, of course. They already lit up the Raiders last week for 40, and you knew that they were looking for this revenge game. Uh, the defense stepped up. Chris Jones and others, Sorensen, they really played good up front. And then Brashard Breland, uh, at the end, and the Patriots always going to make it close at home, but it came down to a fourth and three, and when it's fourth down, you know where Brady's throwing the ball to, right? This is the game. Up the middle, the pass to the end zone, knocked down by Freeland. Incomplete. Denying Edelman, denying the Patriots. They get to the right play, all off pressure, Specko, with the play how crazy is this? Tony Romo as an announcer, probably better than a player. <laughs> yeah, he's one. He's one of. The, he's he's actually. I actually enjoy him as an announcer. Very yeah. very very good announcer. You know, you, you know, you know how I despise him as a cowboy. You know, my <laughs> you know how that goes. So. I do as well. But let's talk about this matchup, guys. Obviously, New England, the reigning defending champions. We know what they're all about. Six Super Bowls in the last two decades, twenty seasons. I consider them the Spurs of the NFL. Well coached, Popovich, Belichick, Brady, Duncan. So now, all of a sudden, this is the end of the year, end of the era for Brady, or is it? And so. They haven't looked the same. No running game. No weapons for Tom Brady to throw to. And the Chiefs, they got a very, very important win. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a great win for the Chiefs. It was, it was a win the Chiefs needed just, just for momentum to continue rolling. 
But um, to get in to get a big win like this, uh, it just the way they won. It just shows that New England's offense isn't what it used to be. Tom Brady right now isn't what it used to be. The offensive line isn't playing like they used to be. But you know, Brady has always been in a situation where he gets the ball out quick. He's not even where he's holding the ball on the ball longer than than he usually does. So. I think, yeah, I think I think it has a lot to do with you know the receivers and just the lack of communication and the drop passes and things. It's just a, a lackluster struggling offense right now. So, uh, but hats off to Kansas City because they definitely uh, rough Brady rough Brady up got some hits on them. It, it, it was a great it was a great win for Kansas City. Yeah, man, I think the the Patriots obviously don't look the same. Last year it was all about Sony Michelle and how good he looked and. You know, made a big touchdown on the Super Bowl, and he came back and expecting big things out the running game. And the Patriots have absolutely no running game, and it's putting so much pressure on Tom. And I'm not going to sit here and act like he's not getting older and he's not slowly regressing or he doesn't have the same type of arm power or maybe feel in the pocket, but his old line is looks defeated at times. The running game is non-existent, and the receivers are swapped in and out like a swap meet. So it's kind of like, what is he working with? Muhammad Sanu, when they got when they traded for Muhammad Sanu, I was thinking like, okay, that's a quality receiver, um, possession receiver, can play inside and out, doesn't have maybe that top forty speed, but he can still you know get open and do his thing. And I thought that acquisition maybe might help out. And along with when uh, Keneal Harry came back, I'm like, okay, that that's something for him to work with. But they just seem to not be clicking. Um, they just look kind of always a step behind maybe where Brady's at. It's just like I always say, but if, when you're at a level in something and you're thinking it's not on the same level as a teammate, you're always going to be off cue. So I think that maybe Brady's seeing things that his receivers aren't. And we're seeing that in the, in the you know, the off rhythm offense that, you know, we're watching. So they haven't been able to score, I think, maybe more than 24, 25 points in a few weeks. So... You know, I, I think they'll figure it out. I, I'm, I trust Brady. I'm not going to count him out despite his age or whatever. But, you know, they definitely have some things to look at going, you know, towards the playoffs. Yeah, and I would agree. And <laughs> much like you said earlier, it's a copycat league where I think the league is copying what the Ravens did to New England. They're, they're saying if we have a great running game and uh, we try to punch them in the mouth with this great defense, we don't want them to be in third and long, second and long. That's where they can get all those great picks with their great defense. Uh, what they're doing is they say, okay, well, we know how great elite Tom Brady is, but what's been the blueprint? We got to pressure you up front and bring blitz. And we don't believe these receivers are elite enough to beat man-to-man coverage. There's no Antonio Brown here. There's no Rob Gronkowski here. So I think they're they're playing physical coverage and they're daring these receivers to create separation, which aren't being done. And so to copycat league, the Ravens did it. They were successful. And I think a lot of teams are doing this. But I want to bring this up to you guys. So the Patriots, they're 10-0 against the whole league, right? But they're 0-3 against all division winners that are in the conference. So they lost to the Texans, who are fourth right now. They lost to, obviously, the Ravens, who are number one in the AFC. And then the Chiefs right now standing at number three. They're the AFC West holders at the moment. So come playoff time, what <laughs> what should we think of the Patriots? Mm. From playoff time with the Patriots, you should expect a formidable team because of the Patriots and they have that championship DNA. They have champions on this team that uh, that won't fold under pressure and understand it and know how to handle adverse situations. So you can never count them out. But I don't I don't think this is a team that you fear or 
expect to get to the Super Bowl this year because this just isn't the same team we've seen in the past. This isn't the same dominant team that we've seen in the past. And the offensive woes on this team will carry into the playoffs and teams will will, will begin to try to feast on Brady and put pressure on him. And it's, it's going to be it's too much talent in the AFC right now for, for the Patriots to be looking this lackluster and, and think that they're going to make a big-time run now. But So it's, it's just too much talent with the Chiefs, the Texans, the – you know, you know, teams like that. So, I, I just, I just, I just, I, I expect them to be a formidable team, but I don't expect them to win more than, more than two games. More, I don't see them getting past the divisionals or possibly the AFC championship. Yeah, I, I agree with that. To be safe, like the only thing I'm betting on is not even the whole Patriots team. I'm betting on Tom Brady and and the defense or Coach Belichick. Because the offense clearly is going to be on whatever Brady can muster up with the mm-hmm. team. So, um, if Brady wasn't who he was, I'm sure New England wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. New England would be like the, like the Bears, you know. But because Tom Brady is, is still, you know, Tom Brady, and it's kind of like LeBron where you get that, okay, you know, LeBron may chill out during the regular season. And some people are like, okay, cool, LeBron's, you know, this might be the year where LeBron slows down. and This may be the year that Brady doesn't make it. But at the back of our minds, we're like, yeah, but, you know, there's still Tom Brady. <laughs> so I think I think that's something that's going to come into factor when the playoffs come. I think people, they, they may not fear the Patriots, but they definitely still respect them. And that's, I think, what's bigger sometimes. Definitely, for sure. LeBron James and Tom Brady have something in common. Beating father time and longevity. That is the key that they're rolling with right now. And lastly, on our Week 15 recap, we saw the Rams. They're, they're trying to get in in the NFC. I said it last week, Mike. I said, if you're a team that is like the, the, the Eagles right now or the Cowboys, you've got seven, eight wins, nine wins. You think you're going to get in. You're not. Rams already have five losses. They can't afford to lose again. Well, on Sunday night, they relied on something that actually got them to the Super Bowl last year. And his name is number – his name is Todd Gurley, and he wears number 30. And he did this to the Seattle Seahawks. So before this game, Seattle knew that the Niners won. And so they knew they had to win to get that one seed. They didn't. Now they fall to the five seed. So a lot of things happened. Did the Rams keep their season alive? Yeah, they absolutely did. And the Rams the, the Rams understood the moment and, and they and they rose to the occasion. When you when you look at Todd Gurley, he was one of the he was one of the main players on this team that benefited from the bye week they had before their game last week against Arizona. Uh, he looked rejuvenated in that game, and then he came back in this game against against a much better defense and looked even and looked even better. Um, we haven't seen him look this good all season. And this Rams team—they're a great matchup against Seattle. One of the one of the things is if you were to throw all the records out and look at this team top to bottom, they always matched up well, and they were always a bad matchup for Seattle. So them the winning this game wasn't that surprising. But uh, the fashion of what they wanted, which they wanted, just tells me that. Oh, this team is poised to make a run, and they could possibly get hot at the right time. But this was a big win for the Rams, and we'll see how how how, how it moves from that from now on. Now, Jerome, I want to pass this to you because you know the Seahawks have been very good. They're 
Uh, dating before that game last night, only two losses. Now they have three losses. Do you think the Seattle, as good as they are, do you think they're relying too much on Russell Wilson? Um, well, the thing about Seattle was, you know, one of their running backs um, in the running back community went down with a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. Um, Penny. So um, I think they always have heavily relied on Russell Wilson. It's kind of like, like you know, like New England, where that team, the offense goes as far as Russell takes it. You know, they had, a, they had a running game. One of their running backs went out. They still have Carson, Chris Carson, who, you know, is still a pretty good back, so he, he's going to be relied on a bit more. But this is where Matt Caff is going to have to step up. I still want to see them involve Josh Gordon more. They did acquire him from New England. I'm sure New England is obviously kicking themselves for that. But, you know, I, I want to see how they integrate Josh Gordon in. So, you know, just get some quick throws. Josh Gordon is still, a, I think, one of the – Bigger, stronger, faster receivers doesn't have the numbers that he had in that big year, but I think we still all know what what he can do. So I think look for them to involve him more, maybe in a shorter passing game, where now you want to get the ball out of, out of Russell's hands a little bit quicker, just to you know get some pressure off of him. Yeah, and you're talking about getting the ball out quick. Well, you've got a guy in Tyler Lockett who's one of the best slot receivers in the game. So <laughs> I would say to integrate him as well, um, you know, to get the ball out quick on Russell and don't let guys like Fowler. And, and and guys like Donald and Clay Matthews get after you. They wrecked havoc all night long yeah. in that game. So, uh, yeah. Jerome, uh, where, where do the Rams come from here? They're, they're, they're hoping that the Vikings slip up a little bit just to get in. Yeah, well, the thing, uh, I think the Rams will be, uh, they'll be okay. Um, I'm just, I'm, I still want to actually check the schedule because I want to see what the Rams have um, going on. I know they have a couple big games uh, left to play, but you know, I, I, I trust – actually, no, you know what? I'm lying. I'm going to take the Vikings. I think the Vikings will, um, depending on how they finish. But I think their team – their team that I think is more deserving to go into the, the playoffs than the, than the Rams. The Rams now are starting to use Todd Gurley. I don't know if it was a load management type of um, schedule they have with Gurley. And maybe it's, it's a little bit too late to start riding Gurley now to get into the playoffs. We'll see. I do like Dalvin Cook. I do like what Kirk Cousins has – um, the Vikings doing, they're going to have to win big games. And that's something that we all know Kirk Cousins has been kind of iffy with. But I, I'm I'm trusting Dalvin Cook and that defense over the Rams. Yes, Aaron Donald is a beast, um, one of the best defense players in the year. But I think that defense has struggled for a while. They haven't been the same. And it was just last week against the, uh, the Seahawks that they went back to their bread and butter with Gurley and the defense. So if, if that can keep up, then, you know, obviously the Rams will be the Rams. But I like the Vikings more than the Rams. I, I like the I, – I, I see what you're saying. I, I actually like – I, I like the Seahawks more than the Vikings because of the Russell Wilson aspect. Because uh, Kirk Cousins, like you said, we, we struggled to see him win big games. We struggle. We struggle to see him win and win in big moments. He's had great regular seasons, but in those moments where you need him most, where you need him to take this team over the hump, we haven't seen him show up in those moments. So the Russell Wilson effect. Yes, this team relies heavily on Russell Wilson. This team relies on him a lot. They they relied on him uh, for the past a few years, especially since the Legion of Boom is not there anymore. So this this team goes as Russell goes, and I think this is something that he accepts and the pieces that they have around him, if he can ball out and play on an elite level, they can be anybody in this, anybody in this, in this game. So I would give Russell Wilson and Seattle that respect in that regard. 
Yeah, this NFC is top loaded for sure. So a lot of things to keep on as we're only three weeks away from the postseason for sure. And that actually wraps up week 14 in the NFL with our reactions there. We will look ahead to week 15. So this is part of the segment, Jerome, as a guest, that we go ahead and look ahead to week 15 and we start picking what teams are going to win the specific matchup. So we'll start off Thursday night football with, of course, Jerome's very own, the Ravens flock back at home, back in NMT Bank Stadium. They take on the loneless Jets, who haven't looked good all year. High expectations on them, but I don't think that even this week will be enough to start looking for some answers. I, I like the Ravens big. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Ravens flock, let's go. Yeah, Ravens all day, yeah. Jets have been... Um, underwhelming, you know, Darnold went out early, Bell never got it going. I like them early, but no, no. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. I think the Ravens will win a tough ball game. I think the Jets will play a very a very competitive football game and, and make the Ravens work for it. Um, to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens, though. I think the Ravens will close it out. Lamar Jackson has a big game. Yes, from Thursday night, we go to the biggest game, probably the the biggest and the oldest rivalry in the history of, <laughs> of football. That's the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. That dates back to 1919. So this is the oldest rivalry ever. This game is at Lambeau. That's all I need to know. Trubisky, although the Bears have been playing very well in the defense and Trubisky as well, I, I like Green Bay at home. I like, I like Green Bay at home as well. I think Green Bay is... is... I think Green Bay and Rodgers are, you know, I, I I think they didn't like their their performance against the Redskins. Their offense could have played much better. They did. They, they looked very lackluster. They they looked uh, uh, out of sync. It, it was a bad performance for them. So I think they come back this week against a much better defense, but a defense they're familiar with seeing. I think they have a good game against the Bears. I think they win. Yeah, yeah, same here. And Rodgers, I think he. He he hears he hears the teams coming. Obviously, Vikings are are gonna be trying to maintain their positioning, trying to win games, and you never know with a loss, things can get interesting. So um, I do think Aaron Rodgers is gonna be on on his game. Um, the Bears had a good game against the Cowboys, but out of the last couple of weeks, we've all seen Cowboys be giving it up. <laughs> so you know, so I do think the Packers come down. Rodgers has a game face, has a big game. And uh, they, they get the victory at home. So we remember, uh, I think it was in 2014, when the Patriots got blasted by Kansas City. We thought that would be the end of the era. And then Bill Belichick started saying, we on the Cincinnati, right? Well, they just got blasted by Kansas City again this time. And guess who's next on their schedule? The Cincinnati Bengals. They're on the Cincinnati, at Cincinnati this time. The Patriots against the Bengals. The Bengals, they're probably on the clock to try to get the number one overall pick. They're that bad. The worst team in the NFL. That's all I need to know. Give me the Patriots, even though they, they're struggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I feel bad for the Bengals. I feel bad for Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon deserves more. Um, Patriots all day. Sebi? <laughs> nah, don't do this, Mike. Sebi, <laughs> I'm surprised you on this one, man. I'm going with the Bengals. No, no you, you can't go with this. I'm dead serious. This the the era will end if the Patriots lose to the Bengals. How about I'm going, that? I'm going, I'm going with the Bengals because I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I like what I'm seeing from Andy Dalton since he's come back. I think he has enough offensive firepower to put up points. I, I don't like what I'm seeing from this Patriots offense, Abby. 
this Patriots offense is not threatening me. It's not scaring me. It's not scaring any opposing defenses. Give me the Bengals at home to win this game. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a close game. But I'm going with Cincinnati. Wow. You take you take Aaron Donald, uh, not sorry, Aaron Donald, Andy Dalton over Belichick's defense? Is that all right here? Now. The Red Rocket? I just don't trust this, 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 this New England offense right now, man. Oh, man. That, that, like that. that will be interesting. That will be interesting. It's going to shock sure. the world. <laughs> if they if they pull off that, man, man, oh, man, they might win an SB for that. The biggest us ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's continue. We've got the Seahawks and the Panthers. The Seahawks, they got to go east. They've been very good when they move east. Uh, early time zone from the Pacific time zone. They go to Carolina. Carolina were really good. And then teams started knowing to put eight in the box, stop Christian McCaffrey. Force uh, Kyle Allen to beat you. The recipe hasn't happened. So give me the Hawks to bounce back. Give 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 me the Seahawks to bounce back as well. I don't, I don't like I don't like what I'm saying from 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 the Panthers. So give me give me the Seahawks. I like I like with Russell Wilson to bounce back game. He doesn't normally have two bad games in a row. Give me the give me the the Seahawks. Yeah, same here. Seahawks. Um... Their their defense, I I think, will travel. Their running game travels. Russell Wilson is not a quarterback that I think matters if he plays a home or away, inside a dome, outside in the cold. Um, Panthers have looked good. They show sparks. Maybe they come out after uh, Ron Rivera getting fired and they come out with some That's energy. Um, but but you know, I, I'm taking I'm taking Seahawks. My brain's telling me Seahawks. So Seahawks. So the game of the week this week actually resides in Nissan Field. The Texans. And the Titans. So this is first place in the AFC South. I think we need to start opening our eyes about this Titans team. They can run the football and they can play great defense. You need both of those moving into January when the weather's and inclement weather gets cold. They can run the football with Derrick Henry. He's a workhorse. He's like he is Todd Gurley-esque. And he has been right. The Titans have been riding them. And so now this is for the division and potentially uh, uh, not playing a game on the road. And so the Texans and the Titans, I've loved what I've seen by the Titans this week. Give me the Titans. I like this. They're at home. This game was in Houston. I might have taken the Texans, but give me the Titans at home. I I agree. Give, give me the Titans at home as well. This team has been playing great football lately and have been one of the more underrated hot teams in the league. I, ever since Ryan Tannehill's come back, he's given this team hope. I, I like them at home. If it was in Houston, I probably would have picked the Texans. But I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna ride with this defense and, and Ryan Tannehill at home. Give me, give me Tennessee. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take Tennessee also with you guys. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has a team playing inspired football. Um, I don't know what happened to Marcus Mariota. Uh, I had high hopes for him coming out the draft. He fell flat on his face, um, and they're going nowhere. And they look inspired. So. Deshaun Watson has been playing really good and then at times been playing really bad. So I think that, you know, we're going to see the Titans, you said, run the ball, beat up that defense, keep Deshaun off the field, and take the game in a, in a, in a low score. Yeah, and, and what happened to the Texans last week? I mean, they got blistered at home by Denver. So we'll see if they bounce back this week in a very, very – this is all implications. For, that's probably, That game's probably for the division last week. The next game here, we got the Dolphins and the Giants. Mike's New York football Giants, right? They had a chance last night to make some noise. And, of course, uh, we, saw, <laughs> we know the Eagles came back on them. So, 
This might be the battle of the top five pick. You got the Dolphins and the Giants. It's in the Meadowlands. The Dolphins are playing very well, but since it's at home, I like what I saw by Eli Manning back in the lineup. Um, Saquon can run the football, and this Slayton guy starting to come to his own. Give me the Giants at home. Yeah, absolutely right, Sebi. Give me the Giants. I think the Giants are going to win at home as well, but I don't. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if the Dolphins win because we we'd be one step closer to getting. But give me, give me the Giants at home to win this game. You know, I, I'm gonna take the Dolphins. Mm. I think the Dolphins, the Dolphins play teams hard. Uh, obviously, they started off the season playing like hot garbage, but you know they they turned it around. They they show effort. They show fight. Giants did last week uh, against uh, not last week yesterday against the Eagles. So you know if they ride that wave, then good for them. But I think the Dolphins might come in and you know shock them. They have Devonta Parker who's playing really good. Uh, so you know I, I like the Dolphins. Next up, we've got an another. Division matchup. We got the Eagles and the Redskins in old NFC East rivalry. You got the Eagles coming from a very emotional win last night. They knew they had to win that game. They could not lose to the Giants. I know that is nightmares for Michael Grady here, but nevertheless, they needed to keep pace with the Cowboys in order to win the NFC East. They're going to the DMV area to play the Redskins, but you know what, guys? I'm going with the upset here. I can't figure out this Eagles team. I can't. I can't figure them out. The Redskins are at home. They always play the Eagles tough. I like what I've seen by Haskins. I think the Redskins pull this off in front of their home crowd. Mm, that's a that's, that's a very interesting tough pick. I'm gonna go with the Eagles to win this game because they're because they're gonna be in desperation mode. Um, you're right. It's gonna be a, you're absolutely right about the Redskins. They've been playing some some competitive football lately. They they has them come out and wins for most for the most part. But but they've been very competitive lately, and I, I I expect them to give the Eagles a very tough football game. But I, I think the Eagles will squeak it out. Give me the Eagles on the road. Yeah, you know what? I don't really like how the Eagles be looking these days. You know, like the Giants. That that should have been a game where you know you come out and you look dominant. Um, Eli hasn't started a game in the past like what seven weeks, eight weeks maybe. Yeah. So I think that that's a game where you know Philly wants to come out and make a statement saying, hey. Hey Dallas, you know we may have this record, but we're still here. And they squeaked out a win in overtime. Um, the Redskins have a good defense, underrated defense, and they still play hard. Um, this can be a game where Dwayne Haskins come out and, and wants to play spoiler. Um, McLaurin's been up and down at the, now, but maybe you never know. This might be the game where him and um, Haskins and, and McLaurin get some chemistry back from Ohio State days. So, you know, I, I think the Redskins are going to play spoiler. A division game, they know what the impact they can bring. I think the Redskins actually play an inspired game. And wow, take wow, wow. That, that, what would that mean? <laughs> you want to hear, you know, Philly fans, they, they don't want to hear that. They want one of the more loyal fans that we have in the NFL of Sandbase. That would be that that would be panic mode out there in Philadelphia. Next game we have is the 4 o'clock <laughs> games. The Broncos and the Chiefs, the Chiefs are coming from a very impressive win in Foxborough. They're back at home in Arrowhead. Arrowhead, the Superdome, and the 12th man, probably the loudest, loudest, the noisiest uh, fan bases and crowds that you'll ever be in. I know the Broncos have been playing very well. They beat up, and I mean, they really beat down on the Texans last week. So they're going into Arrowhead. This is going to be closer than what people think, but I think the Chiefs will win this somewhere and by a margin of seven. I think it's going to be closer than what people think, but give me the Chiefs at home. 
Give me the Chiefs at home as well. I agree with you, Sebi. I think it's going to be a very close football game. I love what I've been seeing from Drew Locke. He 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 looks he looks he looks ready. He looks ready for prime time, and he's gonna he's gonna give Kansas City a, 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 everything that everything that they can handle. But give me the Chiefs at home. I think they understand the moment. They understand they have to win this game. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, give me the Chiefs too. I think that um, Broncos played uh, they played a great game against the Texans. Um, I think that Mahomes is just that much better than Deshaun right now. I think that offense is just that much better than the, the Texans' offense right now. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs. All right, from there we go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, that might be laughing, but Tampa is actually really, really tough. They're six and seven. Mm-hmm. You would think they're so up and down that you look up in the re- in the, in the standings, you're like, how the heck are they six and seven? Where they are, they have actually won three straight. They're going to the Motown to take on the Lions, who've been up and down themselves, but. You get the good Jameis Winston early, and then you get the bad one late, or sometimes you get the bad one early and the great one late. But I'm going to take the Bucks here on the road. I think Jameis Winston, for all of the turnovers he is, and he is a turnover machine, I think he'll get it done in Motown. I would agree. I'm going with Jameis. I'm going with the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win in Motown as well. Uh, the Detroit Lions are a very competitive football team, but they struggle to finish games. I think the way Jameis Winston and this this uh, Tampa Bay team is playing right now, you 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 take the good with the bad with Winston. Yes, he has a a, a lot of turnovers, but he makes big time plays and he's very explosive. So so give me the Tampa Bay on the road. Ooh, you know what? I'm going to take the Lions because I just got wind that Mike Evans is possibly out for the season. So, yes, I'm just going to try to find the details on that. But I did hear that he's out for the season. So um, that just takes away Jameis' um, biggest target. And like you said, Jameis is a turnover pro quarterback. And without his top receiver, I don't trust him at all. Uh, this might be a game where he goes off with the picks. So I'm going to take the Detroit You Lions. know, we, we might be. <laughs> you might be able to, <laughs> might be able to switch you know, that. <laughs> not, is, is it not too late? <laughs> it's not too late to switch that. that. That's breaking news there by JKB Sports and Jerome himself. Uh, I was just about to say Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's probably the more underrated duos in the receiving court that we don't talk about the NFL. They each got 1,000-yard receiving uh, seasons already. But with Mike Evans being out, the Lions for sure can probably pay a lot of attention on Chris Godwin, maybe double him. So we'll see how that ends up for sure. But Jerome giving us the inside scoop. I see you, Jerome Schefter, right? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta gotta do what I do. (laughs) All right. After that, we go to the Browns and the Cardinals. Oh, this is very tricky. So the Browns are going west. They're going to Arizona. This is a place where Baker Mayfield's never been. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, we know what they present as an offense for sure. You got a game plan for that. But the Browns have been playing really good. Um, normally, I, you know, the Cardinals play really good. But for some reason, as of late, they've just been pedestrian. I don't know what's been going on. The Browns, they played really well. I like what I saw last week against the Bengals. I know it's the Bengals, but um, they played even the Steelers tough. So I'm going to take the Browns on the road in Arizona. I'm gonna take the Browns on the road as well. Arizona's a tough competitive team, but they're they're just not ready yet. They're still very inexperienced. And the Browns, you know, getting all their weapons back, uh, activating a David and Joku, 
having a, 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 a Nick Chubb and a Kareem Hunt combination, Odell Beckham Jr., obviously with Jarvis. Their, their collection of weapons all coming together. You're starting to see how, how lethal this team possibly could be. Um, but I, Give me the Browns to win this game. Um, you know what? My heart is telling me the Cardinals because um, just the noise around Baker Mayfield, the noise around Odell, talking about how, now it's information leaked. Uh, Jay Glazer actually reported on it saying how Odell's talking to teams and other players saying, get me out of here. I feel like I'm lost in Cleveland. So I think that um, that can either play a role where this gets the team together and they make maybe a last try to uh, salvage a season with some some wins, give the team and the, the, the city some optimism going forward. Or they can just totally explode. Uh, and that can be a game where Kyler Murray defeats a former Oklahoma quarterback and, you know, win the game with some pride. All depends on how they approach the game off the controversy. But, you know, I, I'm going to actually go on a limb and say I take Arizona wow. at home. That, what, what what would that be? A lot of narratives in that game. The last two uh, Heisman Trophy winners going back at it, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. I know Lincoln Riley would love to be in that game watching that. So <laughs> that would be uh, excitement for sure. Next up, we've got the Jags going out west to the Raiders. Simple as this. I can't understand who the Jags are. Um, the Raiders, they have an identity. They can run the football, and they actually play really decent defense. John Gruden. And this might be the farewell tour for the Raiders before they turn to the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think the Raiders get it done in front of their home crown in the black hole. I'm gonna go with the Oakland Raiders as well. Derek Carr's been playing some pretty some pretty solid football this year. Josh Jacobs has been playing outstanding. I'm gonna go with the Raiders at home. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Raiders at home. I don't trust the Jags. They uh, they took out Nick Foles, pulled back in uh, Menchu. I was never really a big fan of him. Um, I trust Derek Carr more than I trust the Jags offense. So for that reason alone, I'm going to take over. We got the Vikings and the Chargers. This is really interesting for the Vikings. They need to keep pace for the NFC North. In worst case scenario, they may get in the playoffs, have a wild card, but you'd rather be at home than on the road in the postseason. They're going to L.A. We know we all know how distracting Los Angeles is. They're going against the Chargers. The Chargers really put up a number on the Jags last year, last week. I'm 45, and I talked to you about that, Mike. I told you Rivers plays his best ball in December. But you know what? I'm going to take the Vikings here. For all the narratives they say Kirk Cousins can't win a big game in December and January, I think it's time for him to get it done. I heard Adam Thielen may be back. That might be huge. I'll take the Vikes. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings as well. The Vikings are a very complete football team, and uh, I, I just think right now they're playing on a high. Kirk Cousins is playing some solid football right now. This defense is, is playing outstanding. Hill Hunter uh, deserves our deserves our props. He's been playing great football this year. Outstanding, Mike. Oh man, he's 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 sensational. Uh, but give me the Vikings to, to beat the Chargers. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, Philip Rivers is looking really inconsistent um, at times during games. They they had a close games almost every single game. So you know they're they're doing the right things, just not enough of the right things. So I think the Vikings have more on the line. They're going to come out with more of a sense of urgency. And Chargers don't really have much of a home field advantage, so I don't think that factors in. So for that reason, I'm taking the Vikings. America's also. game of the week resides in Dallas, right? Quote-unquote America's team. Yeah, right. So <laughs> <laughs> they're going at home, and they're hosting the Los Angeles Rams, a very emotional win on at home last week against the Seahawks, a, a, a division rival. 
they now are in desperate mode. They're trying to get in. They're hoping the Vikings slip up to get the last seed in the NFC playoff picture. The Rams and the Cowboys, last time they played last year, boy, Todd Gurley put a number on them. I think this time history repeats itself. I like the Rams to go into Dallas. I'm done picking the Cowboys, Mike. I'm taking the Rams on the road. I, I said, yeah, I thought I was done picking the Cowboys too, but I think the I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. I think this is one of those games where, you know, the Cowboys are one of those teams where when you expect them, when you expect them to win, they they usually come up short. But when but when you when when you expect nothing from them and the, but their backs are against the wall, they're one of those teams that knows how to respond and they have the talent to do it. They just haven't done it yet. I think this is one of those games where they wake up and they. They, they they play a complete football game and they win on at home. Give me the Cowboys. Um, you know what? I'm gonna take the Rams for reasons of I just love seeing the Cowboys go through <laughs> it. Um, like you said, I, I feel like this is a game where you know, but I feel like I always say this. This is a game where like the Cowboys are gonna come back and and really try to dominate. Like I said, I said about the Eagles against the Giants. Um, I think if they use that dosage of Todd Gurley with the defense and the defense shows up. Um, I think Dak hasn't showed a lot. Um, the offense is stagnant right now. Um, they have flashes, but I think they're just playing really off sync. Um, and I think the Rams, you know, someone's season is potentially going to end with this loss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that I think the Rams are going to come out with a more of a sense of urgency just because, you know, they, they just lost the Super Bowl a year ago. Yeah. You know, so I, I I do think that they have the sense of pride of okay, you know, let's flip the script, let's try to make a last push. Um, where I think Cowboys are kind of like they're banking on that game against Philly yeah. for the division. Well, what do you, I think that's I think that's where their their minds at where the Rams are like we need to win out. So for that reason, I'm gonna I trust the Rams more than I trust. And Cowboys. of course, Jason Gary may be in the hot seat, not being a coach for quite a while. But what do you know? Jerome is an icon. Not only is he Schefter, but he's also Stephen A. Smith. He hates the Cowboys. What <laughs> so, you know, What an icon. <laughs> Nevertheless, we keep on going the last three games here. We got the Falcons going to Levi Stadium to take on the Niners. The Niners are at home after that impressive win out there in Nolens. They're going at home in front of their crowd, showing that that last week wasn't a fluke. We're for real. We're the real deal. I think the Niners are just on another planet right now. The The Falcons have been one of the more, you know, disappointing teams this year. Julio Jones, Ridley, Devontae Freeman, Matt Ryan. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, 49ers, they, they're just going to get it done. And that front four is going to get after Matt Ryan. Sebi, I'm going to pick the 49ers, but I'm not going to lie to you. This is a scary matchup. This is a scary game for the 49ers because the Falcons, have nothing to put, have nothing to uh, lose in this game. Everybody's they're going to be the big time underdogs. Everybody's going to be picking against them, and you know, usually when that happens, you go out there and you play free, flawless football. And I think they have the chance to do that based off what they just did last week. They're coming off a game where they just put up forty points. Uh, the 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 Forty ers are coming off an emotional big time win on the road, so it could be it could be some chance for a letdown. Uh, but but you, I, I still think the 49ers are going to win this game. But this is a scary position to be in uh, with this team, with the Falcons. Yeah. Um, you know what? The, those are, the Falcons, I, I like them at times because, you know, like they, they show flashes. I think it, it, for me, it all depends on Julio's health. Um, I know he's been in and out the lineup 
Um, I'd really love to see Julio on another <laughs> team. Um, I feel bad for there's certain players I feel bad for him and Von Miller. <laughs> I feel bad for. Um, but like you said, like the 49ers are just executing on a whole different type of level. Um, Jimmy Grapple is proving that he's not just a game manager. He can get the job done. So, you know, and obviously they're fighting for the number one seed or they want to maintain the number one seed. So, you know, Niners all day. All right, for sure. Sunday night football. This is actually flexed. So there was supposed to be another game here, but they saw that these those two teams were boo-boos, so they quickly changed <laughs> it uh, to um, uh, AFC wild card matchup. So right now the Bills are in the fifth seed and the Steelers, well, we know how Mike loves him some uh, black and gold. Uh, he, <laughs> the Steelers are at home in Heinz Field. They're hosting the Bills. Uh, uh, so um, both teams have playoff implications. They're trying to stay in with the other teams on their heels. The Bills, this is the first time national primetime TV since, uh, of course, the days of uh, Kelly, Jim Kelly, so and Andre Reid. We know how long ago that was. So um, The Steelers are at home. They have an exceptional defense. This might be the best coaching job Mike Tomlin has had for years. You can throw away him, you know, his coaching vacancy. He, he's going to remain the coach of the Steelers. I like the Steelers here. Um, they're going to force Josh Allen to throw the football, much like what the Ravens did last week. I don't think that's a recipe for success. Give me the Steelers at home. Give me the Steelers at home too, Sebby. I love what I'm seeing from them on both sides of the ball, especially on defensively. They're playing with fear. They're playing with uh, aggressive. They're, they're flying around, flying all over the field. Uh, th- this team is playing inspired for Mike Tomlin. I, th- I think he's the runaway coach of the year right now. Give me, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Nah, I'm gonna take the Bills. You know, I think the Bills are. They, I think they saw the way. I don't really like to say that there's moral victories, but the way they competed against the Ravens, who are widely considered the best team in the NFL, and you know, potential Super Bowl matchup. I think even though they lost, they took a lot from that game, and I see them being a step up above the Steelers offensively and defensively. Um, I know Josh Allen. I couldn't tell you who the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback is. They're on like their third or fourth one. So for that reason, the injuries I think are just too much. Um, depends on if Juju Smith health. I know he's been in and out of the lineup. Um, I'm going to take the Bills and just the opposite of what you said, where you don't trust Josh Allen. Um, Steelers have got Maker French Patrick and it looked better since. But I look for Josh Allen to spread the ball all over the field, open that run game for Singletary, and I think the the, the Bills win. And, and actually, not a, not a landslide, but I think they win. Uh, wow, wow, that that's that's a hot take there. Um, the Bills, the Bills Mafia traveling to uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> to take down the terrible towels. That would be huge. And of course, Week 15 wraps up Monday Night Football. Only two Monday Night Football games left. You got the Colts, of course. You got the Colts. The Saints and Peyton Manning no more. It's only Jacoby Brissett. He's going against the Saints and the Superdome. I, I think there's not a lot here to talk about. The Saints aren't going to lose back-to-back home games. Sean Payton made a decision last week that really hurt his team. He won't do it again. Look for Drew Brees and Michael Thomas to do some damage this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, give me New Orleans as well. Drew Brees and this team is is upset about that loss last week. It was a nail-biter. Uh, look for them to be highly motivated in this game and come out. I expect them to win this game big. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I know that left a sour taste. That was a very close game, just like it was for the NFC title. 
You know, I think when they lose close games like that, I I, I really think it, it it jars them. Um, the Colts are they're they're a good team, I want to say, but the Saints at home and after a loss, like you said, like that's just you know that's the recipe for disaster for the Colts. They're just coming in at the wrong yeah. time. Yeah, the Colts. They, what they'll try to do is run game. Keep Dubreeze off the off the you know, off the sidelines, of course. Run with Marlon Mack with that great offensive line, but um, I, I think the Saints get it done here. They they on the two seed right now in the NFC. I don't think they want to slip up and let Green Bay or Minnesota get in there. So uh, that's some stuff to hear. But I want to bring this to you guys before we leave tonight's show. Alvin Kamara, as great as he is, I mean, he's a mismatch nightmare all over the field. We haven't heard much of him this season. Well, what's the cause of that? Oh, that's a good question. I think I think one of the one of the one of the keys with him was the fact that uh, I think I think he suffered a minor injury early in the season. And he and he was and he was lingering throughout for some degree, but I think some of it has to do with the fact that defenses are starting to game plan for him a lot better more. But uh, he 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 has began to he's had spurts and moments, but he hasn't blown and flashed out the way that he did last year. I think one of the other reasons is the fact that he doesn't have Mark Ingram that sidekick that he has. That that he had last year, they were able to spell for him because they they were a great combo one two punch. But him shouldering more of the load, I think it may be wearing him down a little bit more uh, than they did in previous years. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I I I wouldn't say that. I, I like because I think Latavius Murray has come in and done a pretty good job as a as a backup uh, for Kamara. I think that. You're not seeing maybe the the big plays. I don't think the Saints have looked as explosive as they have maybe even right. last year. Um, I wouldn't say that's a knock against Kamara. Obviously, we see Michael Thomas exceed a thousand yards and over a hundred catches. I think faster than you usually see it in in the NFL. So I think that the, Michael Thomas Drew Brees, is the short game. Has been- oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah you, you know, I I I think they've used a lot of Michael Thomas uh, for first downs. Then you've seen in the run game, I think a lot of teams are gearing up uh, for that close game. I think that's kind of taking Kamara out. Obviously, I think with um, Teddy Bridgewater in early in the season, obviously Drew Brees got hurt. I think they rode Kamara heavy during those times. So I think now you're seeing maybe the opposite where you're getting Drew Brees back. He had his thumb injury. So I think he's getting his hand and his, and his, and his thumb loose, you know, for the playoffs. So I think you'll see a, a balance going towards, you know, the, the end of the, the season into the playoffs. The Saints, for sure. The Saints always scarred come postseason. All the time, some close game always <laughs> ends up on the wrong end of it. We'll see if Drew Brees and Sean Payton can get back to the glory days in 2009 when they won their first Super Bowl and franchise history, folks. And thank you tonight for joining us. And thanks to Jerome from JKB Sports to join us north of the border from Toronto, Ontario. Before you leave, uh, Jerome, I don't know if you're Schefter or or Stephen A. Tell the audience where they can find you. (laughs) Yeah, man. So my Instagram handle is JKB Sports. Um, Follow me. Check me out. I also do my podcast, too, which I'm going to have you guys on for sure. Um, I also appreciate you guys having me on. I'm also on Twitter, uh, JKB Sports Pod, um, with a Z. That's JKB Sports with a Z, not an S at the end. Make sure y'all get it. Appreciate you, Stevie. And Michael. No doubt, man. No doubt. Appreciate you coming on. And thank you for joining us tonight here in a gorgeous evening inside the studios of WNSC. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. 
The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info. Some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan.